Welcome to the roundtable. I am Jennifer Eller, and with me is my co-host, Mike Hill, and our producer, Nick Wilson. Without a camera, again. Yes, Nick, you're slacker. We're waiting. For what? I thought when we do everything else... Oh, so it's going to be the big reveal. Yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. And then our guest today is Autumn England. Hello, Autumn. Welcome, welcome. So you recently got married, right? Yes, back in October October. in Tennessee. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Her pictures were beautiful. Really? Oh, my goodness. Place you guys love. Yeah. uh, So like the year before, we had went as like a just family vacation with uh, me, him, and our two kids. And we loved it. Mm. Like, we're big into nature. Uh, Love the mountains. Love hiking through the mountains. Like, the air smells cleaner and different. And it's just... Just better. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's beautiful. So, definitely. And it was so... It was, like, really small. It was an outside wedding Mm. um, at this little chapel. But it was beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Probably the best prettiest wedding I've probably ever seen. Awesome. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Fabulous. So, yeah. So what do you like to do other than hiking? Uh, well, I have two kids. <laughs> I have a toddler. Um, and I'm a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. So you would think that I'd have a lot of free time, but I don't. Nope. Um, but I'm kind of like a grandma. I really enjoy grandma kind of activities. <laughs> Like, do you like quilt or <laughs> crocheting? Yeah. Actually, I love crocheting. Um, I love cooking. Mm. Um, Is that like new, or you've always loved it? Uh, mostly always. I mean, I kind of taught myself crocheting a few years ago. Okay, but yeah, it's a big hobby. I just don't really have time for it. Mm. Um, but I'm like pretty boring. Like, I love reading when I get a chance. So what do you like to read? Um, obviously, I'm like trying to read and like work my way through the Bible. And I started in the New Testament. And mm. I'm almost done with it. Are you really? Um, yeah, with the New Testament. Good for you. But I haven't gotten to the Old Testament yet. I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like fantasy kind of books, um, sci-fi, stuff like that. Another Harry Potter fan. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey. Back in high school, it was like Twilight, and now grown a bit from that, mm-hmm. but. Oh, Twilight? Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> a big Twilight fan. Yeah, I have never read or seen any of those movies. Have you? No. The no? movies aren't the best, but no? the books are better. Yeah. Okay. No, my kids all read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, what's the one? Mockingjay? No. What's oh, the, the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my kids were big Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. They read, read those, those too. Books. They were good. Have you ever watched The Hundred? Yeah. The what? It's called The Hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Emma watched all of it. Eric watched some of it. And so now they've been watching that at home. And it is the weirdest thing. What is it? It's like, I, I'm going to probably say this wrong, but there's like 100 people who come back to Earth. Like they're all up in space and it's futuristic and then they come back and then there's like the grounders and there's different people coming after them and i i don't really understand it but it's it's really weird hmm. but it's kind of along i feel like it's along the same lines as yeah some I mean, of that maybe but mm-hmm. it's it's not bad it's just it's different i don't know if it's like a netflix show or 
like series or something. Hmm. I don't Might know. No, weird, no, no, no. weird stuff. Weird stuff. So, yeah. So, um, any movies? Favorite movies? Um, or favorite kids show? Since you watch Barney. Yeah, <laughs> Barney's still, still a thing. A thing? It is on Netflix, actually. Is I'm it? trying to get my toddler to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Barney as a kid? Oh, I was a big Barney fan. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I would I rather... I wish I could still sing the song. I can't, though. I love you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. I would much rather, like... <laughs> with a Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with my toddler and stuff, I, I really don't like... A lot of the new kid shows, so... Not Teletubbies. I was a Teletubby fan. Oh, my god! I can't watch it anymore, though. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, um, the really old, like, Scooby-Doo. Mm. And um, Lo- he loves Looney Tunes and stuff like that. Uh, I used to be super big into, like, cheesy horror movies. And mm. one of my favorites was, like, the really old... Um, the 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 original Evil Dead movies. Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that. Me either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not so much anymore. But I don't really. I've watched so many that I just don't think I have a favorite. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I think we'll just kind of jump into your story, Autumn, because you have a really pretty amazing story um so i guess we're we're like elementary school junior high uh it's i mean pretty young okay um there's it's a little nerve-wracking just because there's um i probably only maybe told like one or two people most things Mm. and then there's some things that my husband doesn't even know that I've just kind of like mm. buried, um, but like kind of when I was a kid, like early kid, like um, home wasn't that great. So I enjoyed, I loved going to school, and I loved going to uh, families' homes and friends' houses, pretty much just anywhere that wasn't home. Um, it was a bit high emotion and intense and um like intense like as far as like with your mom and dad yeah was there uh yeah so my mom was married to my stepdad my dad he was mm-hmm. kind of in and out uh, kind of came and went wasn't really like a strong bond or anything I saw him you know occasionally but it wasn't consistent or anything and so my mom was married to my stepdad and he was more like emotionally and physically abusive and then my mom she was neglectful Mm. I guess and just kind of not there emotionally because she was also you know in a marriage that was emotionally abusive to Mm. her as well um, so it was just always fighting, always yelling, screaming, insults, um, you know, holes in the wall, doors broken, 
Um, and I'm like, I'm like a really sensitive person mm. and that would affect anybody, but I definitely think it affected me the most. Mm. Um, and my, I have three younger siblings. They don't really remember as much as mm. I do. Um, but because things were how they were, I kind of had to grow up pretty quickly. And I kind of um, had that like motherly protective instinct over my siblings. Um, yeah, it just wasn't good. Um, and mental illness runs in my mom's side of the family on the women's side specifically. Like, so my mom, her sister, their mom, so my grandma, and then my great-grandma, and it's just all of the women. Mm -hmm. um, depression and stuff like that. But um, so I started struggling probably around the third grade the most, and then it just kind of progressed further on. Like we, and we were pretty poor, which I'm kind of grateful for in a way, but um, so we had family helping us out. Like we would have utilities shut off. Mm. A lot of times the food that we got was donated to us from my grandparents' church. Mm. Um, but the good thing is, though, is, like, you put a plate in front of me and I'll basically eat anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so in the third grade is when I kind of started to get these kind of dark, gruesome thoughts. Uh, so in the third grade, I had this whole plan set out. Um, I had a bag packed. And I was totally prepared to just run away from home. In the third grade? Yeah. Wow. And it, it's a little difficult to think about because my oldest son is a third grader right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't go through with it, just thankfully. But um, I was more fearful of like what would happen if I got caught. Mm -hmm of like what the consequence would be for that. And then in the fourth grade is when um, I started having suicidal thoughts. And they were so gruesome and like brutal. And they would be like, awful, painful ways to, like, actually mm. die. And <coughs> this is going to make me sound mm. crazy, but, like, as a fourth grader, <coughs> I had this impulse and this desire to... I wanted to end my life, and I was going to do it by... drinking bathroom cleaner or bleach or something like that. And 
came close, but I mean, you know how it like, it burns your nose if you get too close to it. And I had like stuck my finger in it and I had just like, just tasted it and I just couldn't do it. It was too much, it was awful. So thankfully didn't go through with that. And I'm gonna try not to like jump around in my story and just kind of no, tell it straight. Yeah. But something that, um, so after I was saved, something that I prayed about that I think Judy mentioned in her story as well is that um, like after I was saved, I prayed for, and I asked the Holy Spirit to like open my eyes and to give me a revelation on like the spiritual side of things in my past and like where Jesus was hmm. in low moments and um, where the enemy was as well. And like wholeheartedly without a doubt in my mind, like I truly feel like the enemy was like trying to take me out at like a young age because right. most kids do not think about the kind of stuff I had in my mind. Right. Um, because then in the fifth grade, and I've tried to understand it for a really long time, but in the fifth grade is when I like started my struggle and my battle with self-harming. Hmm. And the thing is, is like when I was that young, you know, we didn't have social media, there wasn't YouTube, I was wasn't watching anything about it. I didn't know people did that. Hmm. I didn't know it was a thing. Nobody in my family did it. Um, but I just had this desire right. and this thought. And so I struggled with self-harm from the fifth grade till I was 21. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, and I mean, all of those years and stuff, like, my arms and my, like, legs are just covered in scars, right. but, um, and then, so, home life kind of just kept getting worse the older I got, thankfully, um, even though that was not stable and chaotic, um, so my stepdad's parents, my grandparents, they're not blood or anything, mm -hmm. but they treated me like I was. They were um, Catholic, um, and they're like some of the best Catholic people you could ever meet. Right. They're really good Christians. They're selfless, giving. Um, they took care of us kids mm. when my parents weren't, um, and they just helped out so much and they were they took us to church and Sunday school and stuff oh, really? so um, that they introduced the idea of God and, and stuff what to age me. is this it was when I we were really young oh, okay so, um, so during these times of self-harm and during these times yeah. of suicidal slots you still were in the in and out of the church yeah yeah um, and the thing about like for a kid I was pretty devoted, honestly, because like I was searching for like something right. to 
kind of like answers or something. Mm -hmm. But, um, and so, you know, I, I prayed and, um, I didn't really read the Bible, but on my own, like before bed, I'd pray the rosary every night. I pray to God and I, I'd have prayers like, please make my parents love me. Mm. Um, please save me, rescue me. And so the older I got and things were just getting worse as a kid, um, it's kind of hard to like understand why it's not getting better. Right. And why isn't you know, he def- rescuing me? Why isn't he showing up? Yeah, yeah. That's why Judy's um, episode like resonated with me so much because what was the question? Like if God is so good, why mm-hmm. do bad things happen? Right. And that was something that I always questioned. And um, so. I would say, in fact, that's what we're going to talk about this week, because I would say that out of all the years of doing ministry, I would still say that's the biggest question I get asked. Yeah, I feel like it's what a lot of people have. Yeah, like what is going on? Like, right. I if if you are a loving God, where were you here? Yeah. Can you not do anything? Did you not want to do anything? Like. That's just a huge question for a lot of people. Right. And so then, like, as I got older and things weren't getting any better, um, I had that thought. And I, and then it turned to, like, you know, God's ignoring me. Mm-hmm. God doesn't care about me. He hates me. He's punishing me for something that I did. Like, right. And I just couldn't understand. Um, and then as I got older, still a kid, but... Um, Later on, my mom had uh, a few suicidal attempts. Um, the, f- the first one that I remember is I was sitting at the kitchen table, and they were arguing. My parents were arguing, and they were screaming and yelling at each other. And I was, I don't know if I was working on homework or reading or something, but... I got up and I went to my room and then I put my headphones on and I was like full blast listening to music and then some time passed and I heard like this really loud bang and like the walls were shaking and so I didn't understand what was going on and then so I like I was confused I left my room and then um, my stepdad he was kicking down the bathroom door which was like right up against my room he was like breaking down the door and he finally got it unlocked and opened it and my mom had my little brother who's he's like four or five years younger than me um she had him in the bathroom with her and I still didn't understand what was going on because I was still pretty young but Uh, So he swooped up my brother and, like, took off. And um, my grandparents had lived down the road from us at that time. So uh, he had went and he dropped my brother off with them, and then he came back. And my mom had, um, I guess, tried to overdose him. And uh, so she went to, like, a mental health facility Mm. for a little bit and then came back 
and they're, they were still bad. Um, things were getting worse. Uh, their problems and the issues that they had were kind of like put on our shoulders. Right. Like I knew that my stepdad was cheating on my mom, stuff like that. And I really disliked my mom for like a really long time, but the older I get, um, and the more that I am kind of growing, I try to understand how she felt in those moments and where she was coming from. Which is hard to do as a kid. Yeah. 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 Cause I didn't understand. I mean, I mean, things were hard for me, but growing up, it was kind of like us kids were in the background and like nobody was really right. considering or thinking about how we felt mm. or asking how we were doing. Um, and then some time had passed and I was a little bit older. Um, and my mom had attempted it again. My grandparents had taken me and only me on this um, trip to Washington, D.C. And we were there for a few days and um, even though my grandma, she knew pretty early on in the trip what my mom had done, she didn't tell me, hmm. um, which I'm really glad that she didn't because like this angel of a woman wanted, she knew if she told me in the beginning of our trip that right. I we wouldn't enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. Like I would be miserable. I'd want to go home. I'd be upset. Mm. And like, so she waited till we were in the car on the way back home. Um, and from, I mean, I wasn't there, but from what I've been told is that my stepdad was outside mowing the yard and she had my siblings in the house and she had taken a bunch of pills around the kids and then had my brother go out and like tell his dad. Okay, mom just took a whole thing of pills. Yeah, and he he's like like I don't I I don't know how old I was. I was it was like my seventh grade year that that one happened and he's like five years younger than me. So he, and, and later on, um, he had told my grandparents that, you know, he, like, he thought it was his fault and that he, like, he thought that his mom was going to die and that mm. that was his fault. Right. So then after that, um, he divorced her and he had gotten full custody of my siblings, but because I wasn't his, um, I didn't get to stay with them. So, and he got full custody because like my... Right. Your mom wasn't able to do it. Wasn't 
even safe to just let the kids be there. Right. Um, so then, uh, and like that whole time, I was living up around the Kenneville, Lagrange, Stroh area, and um, so then after that, I got shipped off with my mom down here to Huntington because she like all of her f- side of the family is down here. Mm. Um. So yeah, I came down my eighth grade year and um, still self-harming at this point. And because of like what my mom had gone through, I, I, I was kind of cast in the back again. And so like all of our family and everything, they were just all around her, like supporting her, comforting her, right. making sure she was okay because of all that she had lost and gone through, but then nobody really saw that like I had also lost and right. I, I was going through the same thing. Hmm. So, and then even after like we came down here, um, still wasn't good. Um, Yeah, I was just like the black sheep and invisible to everyone. And so pretty much up until that point, um, like I had tried hiding my scars and cuts and everything for all that time. But then it got to the point to where I was just so invisible to everyone and like nobody saw me. Even in when you were integrating into school and... Yeah, and yeah. Um, but, and, you know, there were constantly family at our house. Right. All the time. Like, for my, my mom and my grandma and just, like, everybody. Because they're, they're really close mm. and they're really tight. Um, but it just got to the point where I just, I wasn't even, like, trying to hide... Uh, the cuts and scars anymore, and so I would I would just like walk around, and nobody like, even with noticed. It oh my gosh! No, um, no. Hmm. Uh, and I would have like band aids on my legs, and nobody said anything. Um, until this was like. When I was in high school, um, my mom and I were arguing one time, and I just, we were fighting and yelling at each other, and I had just flat out told her that, like, I self-harm, that I, and I showed her my arms. And she looked at me, and she said, okay, and? That's all she said? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, never brought it up again, never said anything about it, never checked up on me or... Trying to get me any help. 
And so even though I've like, my mom has, she's tried in, in more recent years to like be better and like make up for stuff in the past. I know we're supposed to be forgiving, but there's still some things that I like really struggle with. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and so at this point, like my belief in God was kind of slipping and it, it was maybe he exists, maybe he doesn't. Right. Um, but even like in high school, a lot of the kind of like Christian morals and values that my grandparents had instilled in me at a really young age, I still like believed in. So even mm. like going into high school, I had boyfriends, but I, I really wanted to like save myself for marriage. And, uh. Um, my, so yeah, I, I had boyfriends and stuff, but my first time, um, I was sexually assaulted and then afterwards I had went home, uh, cried in the shower for like two hours and nobody knew. Um, and then so after that, my self-harm was like getting worse. And I was like suicidal for like six months. Um, And in high school, I didn't, like, I'm still the same person I am now. So I was, like, really quiet, shy, mm. awkward. I had, like, two friends. Um, and so through all of these years, like, because I was invisible and, like, felt alone and, like, I had, I had people around me, but, like, nobody checking in on me, I was just, like, bottling all of this stuff in. Mm. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And so, like, it just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Um, and then when I turned 18, uh, I had just turned 18 in the beginning of my senior year. Um, and I had came up with this plan and I had dropped myself out of school without my mom knowing. Um, I waited until my mom and everyone had left for work. I wrote a really crappy note packed up my stuff, and I uh, moved back up north to be with, like, my siblings and my grandparents to finish out school there, and I went to Prairie Heights, finished school there. Um, you did this on your own? 
Yeah. That's a pretty big plan. I mean, okay, I'm going to go back up and, yeah, pretty independent and, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And because it just, it, and even like at the high school here, the relationship I was in was um, really emotionally abusive and it just, you know how they say like a lot of times we tend to date people that mm-hmm. resemble our parents in some ways. Right. So yeah. were you still with the guy like who sexually assaulted you? Or was that just like a one time like thing and you were with somebody else? N- he was my boyfriend. Okay. Um And because my, like, I had no self-esteem and um, didn't see any value in myself and, like, I had no self-worth, I somehow, like, a lot of the things that I thought, like, happened to me were my fault Mm. and uh and he was um he was like the really popular guy in school and I was just this quiet shy person that nobody knew and uh and everybody loved him. Um, hmm. And there were a few times where I would try to leave him and I would tell him it was over. And then um, he would text me and he would give me one or two options. He, if, if I tried breaking up with him, he would say that he was either going to kill himself or that he was going to make my life a living hell mm. in school. And he did, um, because he had so many friends and stuff, he he would like spread rumors about me and um, he, he either like messed around or um, would like start talking to the few friends that I had. Uh, So obviously I would cut that off. So I had no friends at one point and then he would, um, he would text and call my parents and tell them that, I was drinking or I was doing drugs, which I wasn't Mm -hmm. because um, I never really went anywhere. I never had an issue with that kind of stuff. Like most days, like I was too depressed to even like leave my room. But, um, But that really put me on lockdown so I couldn't like leave the house at all. Um, so I, 
I was with him for a while. Um, and then after I had moved away and I had finished school, I really took a giant leap and wanted to get away from all of Indiana. So I went all the way to Minnesota. Did you? For, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I joined like a community college in Minnesota and I did like a semester there. Um, I mean, not all, all the places you could pick, you pick Minnesota. I mean, it's just like, wow. It's going to be adventurous. I'm going to go to freezing cold Minnesota. I didn't go in the winter. Oh, okay. So, and I only did um, like one semester. So okay. I, I had came back to Huntington before it got freezing cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after that, uh, I was kind of jumping back and forth um, in between families' homes and staying with my mom for a little bit. Um, I stayed with uh, an aunt for a while, and then I had gotten into another relationship. And we were together for a couple years. Um, and uh, we had an apartment together, got a vehicle together. Um, He would pay rent, and I paid all the utilities and groceries and stuff, and um, I had gotten pregnant with my first son. And um, and then uh, two weeks after I had given birth, um, he kicked me and my son out of an apartment that I was also paying for. But he, he called it a break. He, he just said he needed some space, um, that we weren't breaking up. So I thought that we were still together. And he was also very emotionally abusive to me. And it's like, it's like gradually as like time went on, like things just kept happening that just kept like knocking my confidence down, not like any worth I had, any value I saw in myself. Like it just kept slipping. Right. And it, it like at this point in my life, I didn't believe in God. Like, like I openly very like I hated God, even though I didn't believe in God, I still hated him. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was very against Christians, church, anything like that. I thought it was just people were brainwashed. It <laughs> doesn't exist. It's not real, you know. Um, and so even though, like, we weren't living together, and I still thought we were together, I was, like, still, I was helping him out, and I was paying for, like, the apartment and everything. Um, and then I found out that he was, like, cheating on me. And he had stopped working, so he got evicted from our apartment. And I had, like, this new baby. And, um, you know, I've, I've, ever since I was young, like, I've always just had this dream of, like, being a wife and mother. 
and I did not want to be like my parents. Like I did not, you know, like the person I have children with, like I want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, I, at this point, like I was battling with postpartum depression. I was struggling with just like normal depression and being like cheated on and left and like, struggling and not having family or friends, anyone checking up on me or trying to help me, anything. Like nobody knew what was going on with me. Um, And so it was like my, after I had my son, it was lowest moment that I've ever had. And it was where my self-harm was, like, the worst that had ever been. Like, I I could not have gotten any lower. And um, I have this moment that is, like, seared into my brain. <laughs> and I'm so thankful because I could not understand it for the longest time. I would, like, look back on that moment and try to understand why or, like, how this happened. Um, but after I was saved and I, in most of my prayers, I still continue to like ask the Holy Spirit to like show me where Jesus was Hmm. in my low moments. So this one particular moment, like I was sitting on the bathroom floor with my back up against the door I had a razor in one hand. I was self-harming and I was suicidal. And I, I really was like, I was going to end my life. Mm. Um, and I've always struggled with like my thoughts and my mind and stuff, but in this moment, Um, my thoughts were so loud. Sorry, I get, like, emotional talking about this, this one, like, particular moment. Um, but, and, like, my thoughts were just, like, so chaotic. And I, I was having, like, 20 different thoughts all at once. And, like, they would not stop. I could not get them to, like, go away. And, um... I like I was just thinking things like I had the thoughts of no one would miss you if you were gone the world would be a better place without you in it Your baby deserves a better mother than you. You're unlovable. Just things like that. And like, it was all I could think about. And then something happened to where 
and I was I was about I was about to end my life and then something happened to where I don't know how to explain it other than like a switch flipped in my head and like literally in it like in, in an instant like all of those thoughts were gone and it was like somebody turned the lights on in my head and then those thoughts were replaced with different thoughts and it was um, like a different voice that wasn't my own. Mm. Like, you know how a lot of times like when you're thinking in your head, it's like you're hearing your own voice, but it was a different voice and it was Um, it was saying, you have purpose. Your life has meaning. You are loved. Um, and I, I know that, that that was Jesus in that moment. Even though I hated him and wanted nothing to do with him, like I without a single doubt in my mind, like, I know that he saved me. He showed me mercy and grace and love that day, and he saved me. Mm. Because then, literally from the moment that I got up off of that bathroom floor, since that moment, I have never had a single impulse, desire, want, need, to self-harm since then. Uh, he completely healed me from, like, I, I don't, I haven't had suicidal thoughts since that day. Like, I haven't, and I mean, I, I still struggle with my emotions and thoughts sometimes, but like, it's never to the point where it's that bad. I, and that was an addiction for me. Right. Like, just like drugs or alcohol, mm -hmm. like, that was my coping, that was, I had done it for years, like frequently. It wasn't, you know, once a year or any, it was mm. an addiction. Right. And since I got up off of that bathroom floor, since then I've never even had an urge to do it. Hmm. Isn't that amazing that the fact that you weren't looking and he still showed up? Yeah. You know, that's the part that I think that is amazing is just that, you're not searching, you're not calling out, you're not, <coughs> and yeah, that he shows up in that moment. Right. That, that's awesome. Um, and so, I mean, things still weren't, after that, even though I was healed from that, um, things still weren't great. I had this baby and I didn't really have any support from anyone or anything, so I was just kind of like, I was broke, I was hopping around um, in between like family's homes and friends and trying to like get out of this hole that I was in, like that I was struggling. Um, and then eventually later on, 
like I met my husband Mm. and things have slowly started to get better. Um, My husband taught me how to drive. Really? Yeah. I I didn't have um, like my parents teach me things like that or anything. And it was really... It was really embarrassing, actually, um, that I didn't have my license till I was in my late twenties. But not crazy, because everybody's like, "I gotta go get my license right when I'm 16 years old." And I wanted to, but yeah. I was so scared of just, and I didn't. Nobody would let me use their car or right. teach me. So, hmm. and there was a part of your story where you were talking about like tarot cards and like crystals and yeah, yeah, when you were doing other things, not right. So, so even um, what happened was was um, my my senior year of high school, I had all these questions because I knew, all I knew was the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So I knew what the church taught. And then I would just kind of like skip around when reading the Bible, but I, I found things that confused me and it didn't line up. So my grand, and like I asked my grandparents these questions and they couldn't answer me. And so then they took me to um, the priest of their church. And I had asked this priest all these different questions. I was like, why does the church say this, but the Bible says this? Mm-hmm. And I I probably, like, I had note cards. <laughs> I had, like, a page. And then by the end of it, when he let me talk, and when I was finished talking, all he said to me was, you just have to have faith. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm out. Like, right. this is bogus. I don't, this isn't real. Right. Like, it's, none of it makes sense. And so then I was out. But ever since I was a kid, like, I have been, like, searching for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after that, I was learning about all different religions, um, trying, because every religion thinks that they're the right way. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was like, they can't all be right. There has to be one. Um, But then, I I don't know, like, it was really interesting to me learning about what everyone believed. But then I just kind of like became an atheist. I, I wasn't like... Like, this just isn't for me. This is too confusing. It doesn't make sense. Um, and then I kind of dove more into, like, the spiritual side of things, like um, New Age, like tarot cards. I was, I've always been into supernatural things. Yeah, like for sure. Horror movies yeah. and everything. But um, so even, like, when I was a kid, I was doing, like, Ouija boards and um, crystals and pendulums and um, trying to do uh, like astral projection, like the movie Insidious. I don't know if you guys know <laughs> what in the project. What astral projection. What is that? So if you have seen the movie Insidious <laughs> or you haven't, it's where it's like where you're you you go to sleep, but 
like you, I don't know how to explain it. You like are meditating and like controlling yourself at the same time. So then when you are dreaming, you are in full total control of your dreams. And you can like look down and like see your body there. And you were trying to do this? Yes. And this is a real okay. thing. It's, oh my gosh. You know about it? I just listened to two different podcasts where, are you ready for this, Nick? I'm ready. So the government has trained people yes. to okay. have these outer body experiences and they train them where they can go to places out of their body see what's going on, come back and report to the government with 100% accuracy. Kind of like yeah. a spy. It's like it's out real. Out of body. Out of bo- yeah, like you sit body. there in your body, but you could go to another country, walk into a room, see these things. I'm serious. Like the, like there, this guy was on this podcast was a government agent, and that's how he did it. It's Have you heard of that before? Real. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, it's like real. That's no. That's not like real. you. Can, <laughs> that's like, not no, real. Nope. Not believing it. Like you dream, and you can like literally see your body, and like you can walk out of your room, like um, you can walk down your neighborhood, and you can go into somebody's house and like see them sleeping, or like and you can come back or, and re- and write down everything yeah. that you saw, and you can never leave your home. Okay. <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't I believe. Don't, it. But yeah, but there is a guy that supposedly trains people in this. Like only certain people have the gifts, and hmm. the government has a program training people to do these things. Yeah, I, I even though I tried, like I could never get myself to that point. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so. Um, but yeah, I've always been into like supernatural things like that. And then um, it was, this was probably around the time where I had my second son. Uh, so just uh, almost three years ago, um, I absolutely hate TikTok so much because I was on it. And if, If you type in witch talk on TikTok, believe it or not, it has billions of views. It is so popular and it is becoming like, it's increasing and growing with like younger generations. Mm -hmm. And so on TikTok, like all of these people will teach you how to do all these things. They'll... teach you how to cleanse your home how like to do spells and like all of this stuff and like um what's crazy like pagan is like what judy i'm so glad judy went before me <laughs> because it makes me sound less crazy because we, <laughs> we we talk about like some of the things that she talked about like i know are real and like true and i've seen it right um but like paganism is like really coming back in younger generations. Mm -hmm. And if you scroll on witch talk, you will see people who um, build altars in their house and they worship angels. Mm -hmm. They worship 
the Greek gods and goddesses. They worship the Egyptian and um, the Norse. And um, some people just, you know, worship like the earth. There's people who worship Lucifer, like Satan. Um, but then if you keep scrolling just a few videos, it won't take you very long. Those same people post about how they're having sleep paralysis. They are seeing things or hearing things in their room. They, um, night terrors, um, just intense, like, anxiety and fear. Right. And all of these things kind of, and like Judy said herself that when she saw what was going on in front of her, even though it sounds crazy to some people, like she saw demons coming up mm -hmm. from the ground and stuff. And so when I was looking at this stuff, like it intrigued my curiosity so much. And I'm like, cause like I had already explored other ways mm -hmm. that were right. And I'm like, well, maybe mm -hmm. this is it. So I kind of dove into this even more. Um, and I actually, I had paid a psychic. This is where I'm going to start sounding even more crazy. Oh, no, it's not <laughs> crazy. Is, um, we know where you're I at have now, no Autumn, so you're good, but. I have no reason to lie, though, because yeah. I know it makes me look crazy. But I paid a psychic to, uh, like, tell me about myself because I kind of knew that a lot of them were, like, cliche, mm -hmm. and they just kind of, a lot of them are fake, and they mm -hmm. just tell you cliche things like, I can see that you've been hurt in the past, like right. any, yeah. something yeah. that anybody could relate yeah. to. But this one that I talked to, she gave me like very specific detailed information mm -hmm. that about things in my childhood that like nobody could just guess. Mm. And then um, what was even crazier is like at the end of our conversation, She's like, oh, I, I see something with you. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you have, um, you have this deity that is following you and has been with you since you were a kid. I'm like, what are you talking about? Wow. And I'm like, who? Like, what is it? And she gave me a name. And I had no idea, like, what it was. She said it was the goddess Morrigan, the Irish goddess Morrigan. Hmm. And I'm like, what is that? So I, like, Google it to, like, figure out, hmm. like, what this is. And she is the goddess of battle and death. Hmm. And I'm like, why would I have, why would no. Right. So I just completely like push that away. Like I did not want anything to do with that because that just sounded terrifying. But then um, it was about a week or two and I was like full into this, like this whole spirituality thing. Um, I was, I, I had my son in the rocking chair. Everybody else had went to bed. He still, I mean, he, he was a baby, so he wasn't sleeping well at night. And so I stayed up 
while everyone else was in bed. And um, him and I, we fell asleep in the chair at one point. And um, it's a rocking chair, so it's not completely up against the back wall. But I woke up, and I'm a really light sleeper, unlike mm. you. I'll wake, up, <laughs> I'll wake up to anything, any movement, noise, sound, anything. And I woke up to um, my husband. Uh, he was like, it sounded like he was like leaning down over the chair, like whispering in my ear, telling me to like, um, to get up, to like wake up. And because I thought he wanted me to come to bed. And so I turned around and there's nobody there. Hmm. And I've been with my husband for like six years. So I know the sound of his voice. Right. And I literally, you know, when somebody is like close whispering in your ear, you can feel their breath and you feel the warmth of their breath. And I felt that. And so I'm just kind of like sitting there with this baby in my lap and I'm just I, I just kind of freeze and I'm just like trying to process like what just happened. And my husband's a prankster. So I was like, he's playing a prank on me. So I got up and I like, look, I thought he ducked down to try to scare me because mm -hmm. he loves scaring me. <laughs> and so I went behind the chair and um, nobody was there. And TV wasn't on. Everybody else was in bed. So I just like took off and I just ran to the bedroom and there he was like snoring. Mm. Um, and so then I'm like, I'm going to do what everyone is saying to do. I'm going to cleanse my home. So you, you can use like incense and like those smudge sticks that the native Americans use. Yep. And yeah, so I did that. I was like, I thought I was good to go. And then, um, it was maybe like a month that passed and my husband was at work and um, my oldest son was in school and it was in the middle of the afternoon, um, sun shining in the windows. He was on the floor playing with his toys and I was watching TV and then I heard like another whisper in my ear and it said, I hate you, but it was a different like it wasn't my husband's voice that time. It was like a little bit darker. Like, so then at this point, I'm like super freaked out and I'm super scared. And like, I didn't know what to do because obviously what I had tried doing didn't work. And then um, other weird stuff started happening. Like I would, it would be the end of the night and I would take, and I would like go lay my son down in bed. And then like I heard noise from the living room and it sounded like I had left the TV on. Like it was like kind of like mumbled, like um, different, different voices, like really light, like music playing and it's like it was far away. So I would like go back out and I would check to see if the TV was on and it, I, it wasn't, um, and that started happening every single night for months. Um, and we live in a house, not an apartment or mm. anything. So it's not like we had right. people above us or below us or. Did Chad like hear all this stuff too, or is it just, no, you? it was just you. It was just me. Um, and so that kept happening. 
And then, weirdly, this was like a huge coincidence, or maybe, but I had a friend on Facebook who was into the same things that I was, like spirituality and all of that. And she was like very anti-religion as well. And randomly one day she had posted this long post. Um, she was saying like, I love God, like I love Jesus. And then she shared like this testimony of how when she was into these things, like one night she had saw things in her room and she was like terrified and scared and like all she did was she said Jesus's name like over and over and over again and they went away hmm. and so now she is like a complete Christian out of that stuff like she talks about it all the time and I'm like like that's kind of similar to what I'm experiencing so then um I just heard like a voice one more time and I had just laid my son down and I was getting ready for bed. And then the third voice that I heard whispering in my ear was like, it was different than the first one and the second one. And it, it just slowly got like darker and more like more sinister. And all I heard was just this like really long, like growling noise. Mm. And so at that point, I was like fed up with it. And I did what she said she did. And I just like started like just saying Jesus's name like over and over and over and over and over again. And it stopped. Hmm. And so that short time, like between that stuff happening, it it was uh, like maybe a little less than a year. Like I... I'm not schizophrenic or anything <laughs> like, like it only lasted for like a year. Um, but then after that, I was like, okay, maybe there is something to this. And so that's when I started to um, try learning more about Christianity. Like I didn't want really anything to do with like the Catholic church. Right. Um, but I just wanted to learn on my own. And I was watching sermons on YouTube and just like listening to other people's testimonies and I really find it fascinating that um, I watched a lot of people who did convert from like mm. spirituality to Christianity mm. and their stories and everything and um, you know they, they like I, I tried repeating, you know, some of the same prayers that they said because I didn't know what I was doing. But um, I, like, renounced all of that. And I, a lot of times when I pray, I always, like, end my prayers with Psalm 91. Mm. Yeah, I, I say <laughs> that one yeah, a lot. Crazy. Why is that crazy? Because that's what Judy said. said. Psalm 91. Oh, really? Uh -huh. yeah. I didn't yeah. hear that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what mm. I did. And then literally ever since then, not a single weird, creepy, spooky mm. thing has happened. And I was, it was getting so bad to the point where um, 
I was having nightmares like every single night. Mm. Every time I would lay back, lay down in bed, um, it was like almost like insomnia that I was having and I was having like panic attacks like before I'd fall asleep because I'd all of a sudden, even though things were great at mm. home, you know, um, didn't have any issues or problems during the day. As soon as I tried going to sleep, I would have like these horrible, like intrusive thoughts. And it like every single night I thought of all of these different like graphic, brutal ways that like my kids would die. Mm. And, um, my son probably doesn't remember because he was four at the time, but um, when he would wake up in the morning, he would come and wake me up in the room next to him. But like I said, I'm a light sleeper, so I knew he would get up, and I, I just lay there with my eyes closed. And he came in, he opened my door, and he just kind of stood in the doorway. And then I, I just heard him take off running, and he didn't say anything. Um, so I got up, and I was like, that's weird. And I got up, and he was on the couch, and I'm like, Ben, like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you wake me up? And he told me, that there was a really tall man standing over me. So I've had a lot of like weird experiences, but pretty much ever since I actually truly like gave my life to Jesus and like quit all of that, nothing weird has happened since then. Well, how'd you end up at Life, at Life Church? I mean, all of this stuff's going on in your life, and you're you're exploring Christianity. Yeah. So then, how did you end up at Life Church? When I first um, started getting curious, and I started to get that spark in my heart of like, okay, like maybe there is something to this, and I was learning. I pretty much like I did not want anything to do with church. Like I just wanted to just be like straight Bible, right? Because I thought that maybe like all churches were like that to where they teach something that yeah. you can't understand in the Bible. So I, I wanted nothing to do with church, but then, um, eventually it just got to the point to where I'm like, okay, like I am really, really wanting to get baptized. Um, so I just started Googling. My mom had taken me to one of her churches that she was going to at the time. And I just wasn't about it. It was like, it was like one of those old fashioned, mm -hmm. um, kind of like where everyone's like half asleep yeah. churches right. and it just wasn't my thing. So then I just, I just started Googling churches that were around and I was like, oh, like this one has a lot of good reviews. And so then I came once and as it's so much different than like what I was used to with like either the Catholic church or right. other churches. So it was like a big shocker mm -hmm. for me, but um, I cried during like the first set of like the worship music and I've mm. just been coming ever since. Wow. Yeah, for mm, maybe almost a year now, hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah, so 
we're at the end, if you can imagine, an hour and 11 oh my minutes. <laughs> oh, how long is it supposed to last? We usually do an hour. Oh, but okay. no. So, so I want to kind of wrap it up. So you come to church, you, you know, lots of things have changed. You went from being an atheist into spirituality, came to know Christ, yeah. coming to church, you get baptized. So talk a little bit about to our audience, like, what are some things God's doing in your life now? Some things that you're excited about, so maybe some things that you're learning. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so I kind of had this like misconception that after you get baptized and you are just on fire, you're so in it mm -hmm. that the next day you wake up completely changed and different. Mm -hmm. Like, cause you know, the Bible says like, you know, your old life is gone yeah. and like, yeah. So to my surprise, I mean, I felt different, but I am still struggling with some things. Right. Like, um, I'm working on it, and I do, I've, the heaviness is gone. Mm. So I feel like with time, like, I'm able to forgive easier, and I'm able to forgive more things. And, um, but I, I do still struggle mentally sometimes with, you know, sadness or anxiety, um, but it doesn't last as long right. and it's not, I'm not drowning in it anymore. Right. And I try to, um, be more disciplined with mm. like my mind. Um, cause I, I think the Bible says something about how we have to like, capture our thoughts and submit them under Christ. Mm -hmm. And I try doing that. So if I get thoughts like that, I try to like stop and think and I'm like, okay, is this coming from God? Mm. And when I realize it's not, it's easier to let that go when you realize that it's, it's not true, even though yeah. it might feel true. Yeah. That it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. Um, so it's, Definitely, like, it has became so much easier for me to move past things and not just, like, let things consume me. Um, and I, I feel like the more and, like, the closer I get in my walk, like, I'm not perfect by yeah. any means. I'm nowhere close where I'd like to be, but um, it really has just been like so healing for me to realize that this whole time, like, like I really wasn't alone mm. and I wasn't going through things alone. Like that's why I, I had messaged you about it a while ago, but mm. you're Daniel three. When mm -hmm. I never, like I never read that or heard that story, that sermon. Right. It, it felt like during that service, like there was nobody else in the room. Mm -hmm. Like that was literally just meant for me because mm -hmm. I have like reread that over and over and over since then. And even though my situation might not have changed, I might not have been like taken out of the flames right. for a long time. Like it is just such a comfort to know that I wasn't alone right. at that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just good for everybody to know. Yeah. Is that through all of those times, it's not like God has abandoned you, mm -hmm. you know, and we wish that situations would be different. But in a lot of people's stories, it feels like he's 
absent, but he's really there. Yeah. And I think throughout all of your story, that's cool to see, you know, how in different ways he was showing himself. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think right. that's awesome. Yeah. Like I, even at like the lowest point, and it was clear because I tried doing everything I could to dig myself out of that pit. Right. And anything I could think of. And, but it's like when you see that light, when you have been in darkness for a really long time, yeah, it's like beautiful and addictive and you want to get closer to it and it helps pull you out because mm. I obviously couldn't have done it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Okay. So we're at the end. So again, your second service, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you're if you're watching, if you're listening, make sure you get on and watch so you know uh, who Autumn is. They sit in the front now. They used to sit further in the back in the mm -hmm. middle, but they're moving their way oh, yeah. up to the front. I try to be as close as possible. And like, I, I know my face can sometimes make me look really mean, but I'm not. <laughs> so I am perfectly okay with anybody yeah, that make, wants to come up and talk to me. Yeah. Make sure you come up and say hi, especially... Mm -hmm. Again, because the um, if you're struggling with self-harm or struggling with some of those, because I think this is a big deal. Like, I yeah. don't think people talk about it enough, but self-harm, feeling lonely, feeling lost in all those places. I, again, I would recommend people talk to you because I think your testimony, your story, what you've went through can help uh, some people who are struggling with that. So if you are struggling with that, you know, maybe, you know, autumn's an opportunity for you to be able to just at least mm -hmm. encourage them or help them or give them some tools to be able yes, to walk out. Yes, please of come up and talk to me. Yeah. I probably like, I don't talk to people first usually, <laughs> but if you come up and talk to me, I promise I am, we, we can have like, I'm nice and I'll listen to whatever you have to say. So yeah, that's what I mean. I think it's a big issue. So I think it's good for people to, to open up about that. So again, be praying for you. Cause again, as you said, the journey is just started, but the yeah. journey is, it's cool to see how God's delivered you and he's working through you and how you can continue to be able to give that back, right. you know, to other people. So Again, if you're out there when this is posted, make sure you, you like, comment, share. Uh, that way you can get on everybody else's post or everybody else's feed uh, so that more people can hear your story and more people can uh, understand that. Make sure that you come up and say hi. And again, we just thank everybody for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.